It's time for the great episode of the Ring Side Brand with your host from the hills of West Virginia, JD Justin Davis, and from Rochester, New York, this is RJ. Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle, Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer, no special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you are up and running, printing official postage for any letter, package, anywhere you want to send. And... You'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup and drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com new rate advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines easily to find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code P-O-D, that's POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type POD. P-O-D. That's stamps.com. Promo code POD. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Can't get enough wrestling talk? Well, check out Ringside Rant with top guys RJ and Justin, the kings of ranting. The new shows drop each Friday morning at 9 Eastern, and it'll take you back to the good old days of pro wrestling, but also the not-so-good days. Ringside Rant is available on all podcast platforms, as well as full press coverage, Visionaries Global Media, Wrestling with Johnners Network, and the Shining Wizards Network. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore Ringside Rant. It's Ringside Rant with RJ and Justin. New shows drop Friday morning at 9 Eastern. That's Ringside Rant with RJ and Justin. A couple of top guys doing top guy stuff. It's Ringside Rant. With RJ and Justin, new shows Friday mornings at 9 Eastern. It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rant is with you this week. I am the man with the magical voice, RJ. He is Tony Schiavone's favorite slapdick. He's the one. He's the only. A very upset JD, Justin Davis. Justin, what's up, bud? How are you? Oh, I am, uh, like you said, it's been a rough sports week. The Braves have won the World Series. Boo. Right. Um, I have bronchitis and a bad 
like cold situation going on here. So if I sound weird and I start hacking, coughing throughout the show, then, uh, you know, that's what it is. But I'm happy to be here and talk about Survivor Series 1997, uh, a pay-per-view that I watched live as it happened. Yeah, this is uh, one of those pay-per-views that really goes down in history is one of the better most iconic pay-per-views and a lot of people don't realize how impactful the rest of this card was uh outside of i mean it's so impactful it has its own you know name other than its name everyone knows the show just as the screw job it has like its own nickname the show does it everyone knows it by it well right and it's just you just go at this time in 97, you know, we've covered a couple 97 shows for here in WWE and then in WCW too. And 97 is just a very pivotal time in the wrestling business, both in WWE, WW, or excuse me, WWF at that time. And then WCW, and then probably give it another year. We got ECW coming in, you know, that small little, promotion out of uh philadelphia there that's really making strides well 97 they were having a good year too i mean they were you know everything 97 is when everything kind of came to a head and everything was running with the head of steam by now yeah yeah like i say once you get to like 98 there then it really you know the the steam started blowing and they got going full bar but uh yeah this is going to be a lot of leading into it a lot that came out of it uh and we pretty much saw a lot of different characters that uh you know came out of this you know we we got i think we saw another side of gold duster in this pay-per-view we saw another side of uh, of the nation domination of vader Vincent man yeah well of course <laughs> that goes without saying pal but uh yeah it, it was definitely a, good, a turning point like i said before in the business uh but another guy that knows a thing or two about turning points is mr rich paladino so let's send it up to the ring to him right now it's the opening contest i just so the go home show for the survivor series was monday night raw november 3rd of 97 uh from the hershey park arena in hershey pa um a great, believe it or not, Hershey, PA is a really great uh, s- smaller city for the WWF at this time. And, and more so now, there's a lot to go, a lot to do over there in Hershey, the Hershey factory and what have you. Um, but this, this, this raw, a lot of leading up to, uh, to the Survivor Series, obviously between like the aforementioned screw job as well as the, this Austin Owen match. I know that rings true to, to your, to, in your heart, uh, being an Owen fan that you were, but, uh, man, I just, Austin really turned it up a lot in 97 here, as far as his promo, uh, ability. Uh, we saw the whole Austin 316 stuff at King of the ring in, uh, 96 there. The year prior, uh, or excuse me, the summer before, and he's really he's hitting the ground running, man. You know, you're not 
you're no slouch when you get to go against guys like an Owen Hart, Shawn Michaels, uh, 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 Ken Shamrock, even Gold Dust. You get you get up there with top notch of talent. Um, they're they really putting a lot of stock into you as far as the business goes and as far as your promote promoting. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much this is kind of the beginning of every raw starts with the Austin music hitting the you know, the glass breaking and Austin right. stomping out. And that's pretty much how this one starts here with Austin, you know, opening the show up um, with the promo about opening up a can of whoop ass on old Owen. So uh, yeah, he, he was definitely fired up at around this time. And I think some of it was just raw emotion. I think he was still a little pissed at Owen mm-hmm. about the whole situation. So he probably was able to feed off some of that and it kind of bled into the character. Well, and, and I think it goes throughout his career, that being Austin, whenever he cuts these promos, he always has something extra up his sleeve to bring out here with the Owen. Later on, he'd have a lot of the stuff with with Vince uh, as well, Undertaker. He usually could take a little bit of something because he was in the business with a lot of these guys since day one. Guys like an Undertaker, Rock, uh, Foley. Uh, Triple H, Kane. He basically, for better use of terms, he really broke bread with these guys. And Owen Hart is in that same category, I think. And as much as we can say that they really butted heads a little bit here, they worked. They put that aside and they worked really, really well in the ring, whether it be on broadcast TV, pay per view, dark matches, whatever. They worked well together by a bar none you know because his feud with brett was so legendary i think this owen feud that austin had in the, in the summer of 97 kind of gets overlooked some mm-hmm. because you kind of just lump it into him and brett shit you know mm-hmm. but but him and owen actually had a few good matches i mean notwithstanding the broken next next spot but you know i i enjoyed their feud a lot i thought it was just those two guys that are right under the the undertaker Shawn michaels bret hart tier at that time well right 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 no, i know what you mean it, you know and it was fun to see them get to work together it, it's it, it's interesting to see and i really implore a lot of everybody out there right now that you know didn't have the fortunate um capability of like justin and i to grow up at this time and watch this live or watch it retaped or whatever uh you know those money mics of the world so those devin dowlings of the world that are a little bit younger quite a bit or should i say quite a bit younger <laughs> than us um i implore you go watch this stuff because you get to see you know like you mentioned we had like undertaker kane or excuse me undertaker sean michaels but Hart were up here and then the austin rock triple h Owen, or not owen but you said that tier Towards the nine, end of 97, you know, this is great for podcasting. It's on video, but they really started to level up quite a bit as far as, you know, that in-ring work, the talent, the microphone work, whatever, the popularity. And then they started butting heads. Um, and that goes to show you really what I think, I hate talking about current product, but I think that's really what current product is really missing because you don't see, you know, the likes of like AJ Styles of the world. And then you get like... Xavier Woods, you know, once here, once here, you don't really see in that, you know, evening out after a couple of years. 
Back um, then, you could watch a guy's progression, and they wouldn't shit on a guy's progression like they do now. Right. Um, I mean, just watch around this time. You know, the progression of Mick Foley or Mankind, mm-hmm. you know, from 96 to 98 and 9. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Triple H. Same thing with Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. You got to see these guys' career, you know, take a, a step each year up. And, you know, by 99, they're all, you know, top guys. Right. Um, so it was that's what they're missing now because now they, they kind of start to do that and then they just don't book the guy well for a year. And it's like, well, that was fun for like six months. Yeah. They, and they put him on the shelf. Look, well, it's kind of some, similar to what they've been doing with Bobby Lashley. You know, a monster of a talent, great in-ring talent. I'll give him all the credit in the world. And then they just saddle him with bullshit writing and um, they can kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. But um, you know, one guy there's really, I mentioned him uh, before we got here to the opening contest was uh, uh, was Goldust. Uh, he was really getting a different look from the fans. And he started to be a little more outspoken. And we saw that in this in this promo that he was with Terry and, and Jr. Uh, where it's just, it's so weird to look back at it now and be like, Holy shit, this actually happened kind of thing. Yeah. This is when he started putting F you on his face forever, yeah. Un- yeah. forever unchained. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, he, he's calling out, dusty for being the bad father and all that stuff and um really i yeah what i really thought um that was interesting about this the set and it's setting up this whole usa versus canada thing at that survivor series too because he's been he's, he's part of that team is was this really a work or a shoot this whole promo i think it was might have been a little bit of both to be honest with you I remember this promo a lot and yeah. it was actually really fun back then to kind of see him kind of work shooting in an interview on, on raw. you didn't see that very often mm-hmm. up to that point. And, um, you know, it, that was the second one that I remember Jim doing yeah. that kind of got, you know, he did the one with mankind and then doing it here with gold dust. And I remember this interview and it was really well done i felt like talking about their marriage problems and blah 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 blah. and you know it was a whole lot of almost jr playing you know uh the role of like a sally jesse Raphael or something dr you know, phil, try, yeah, dr. <laughs> phil. Like, i'm old i'm trying to pull out people that yeah, people right. are like who the fuck is sally jesse Raphael? google Throw it, google the internet <laughs> look that one up Devin dowling she's got some good glasses yeah uh, and believe it or not, I actually used to, my grandmother used to have Sar- Sally Jesse Raphael glasses. <laughs> is that the bright, bright red ones? And we always I have used- not heard her name or said her name in probably 20 years. I don't know why that name just flew out of is my mind. Is she even alive? Actually, I don't she, know. Is she alive? Okay. This is, we got, is Jesse Raphael. I, it's going to bug, it's going to bug the shit out of me now. Uh, if we don't know, if I don't know if she's still alive, because I don't really, holy crap, God. She's, she's got, definitely she's, the only Sally Jesse I've ever known. She's 86. She's Sally still alive. Jesse? She's 86 years old. She's still rocking those glasses. Oh, oh, they're even. Hold on. Come on, Sally J. I see you. Can you, can you see it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're even bright red now. And it's matching her hair. She went from being like a blonde to uh, uh, 
to a redhead, which I, hey, I, I got no objection to that, but. Uh, I feel like when people are given birth, they should like deep Sally, Jesse, Raphael. <laughs> instead, of, instead of what the hell are those called? Uh, uh, oh, fuck. I the, the new Lamas. You should have to breathe Lamaze. Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Sally, Jesse, Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> and then might, might even some, some, some guys may even do that during conception too, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that to you know we'll leave that to whenever you want however you want to take that but anyways yeah that interview with so wrestling good, good <laughs> shit pal good, good shit, pal. you know it, it was funny too with this well, got a couple points and we'll get to the pay-per-view is fuck they had a bulldog invader beat the dog piss out of each other in this dog collar match uh before yeah. they because obviously they're going to be opposing sides at usa versus canada match here uh at survivor series and dude holy shit i i I keep i cannot understand well i can't understand but i don't realize how strong bulldog actually was until you watch a match when he has goes against a match like vader or like a sid or warlord from wrestlemania Mm -hmm. how physically strong he was and just overpowering he made Vader basically he threw him around like a fucking rag doll. Yeah, this isn't even in his bigger days. No, but... he was smaller here. Mm-hmm. He was starting to get quite a bit smaller. And because he was more big, like, like I said, when he was 92. Facing... Yeah. Yeah. 92, about 90, 90, 90, yeah, 90, 92. He was blew up back then. Well, that's when he was facing that war the, his warlord match there at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, but yeah, damn. If you, it just, it wasn't a, you know, a, a dog collar match to really write home about like the whole Valentine Piper dog collar match back in the day. But Christ, man, it's just, you're, it goes to show you that they're basically going balls to the wall here, Justin, because you're talking, what are we, the third here? I said or this, right? Yeah. Say a third. Yeah. So we are literally what? Five? No. I can't count. I really, I seriously cannot fucking count today. We're about six. We're six days away from the pay per view, and you're in a fucking dog collar match on TV. Yeah. Beating the shit but out of each other. You had to try and get ratings against Nitro. Was, you know. Right. Right. But Christ, man, you got to figure something else out, man. I mean, the main event's Shamrock and HBK. That's a pretty damn good main event. On, and they're, on and they're really, issue. they're putting a rocket up fucking on the back of Shamrock here. I just looking at it now, I get it why okay. they were trying to. But at that time, I'm like, dude, what the fuck is this guy doing in the main event against HBK? Or why is he facing the fucking beating the shit out of the rock? for the IC title or whatever. I always liked it. I, I bought Shamrock as a badass. So I liked it that they kind of put him right there around the main event because I mean, <coughs> you can, yes, you can build a guy from jobber status, i.e. the Hardys, mm-hmm. but it takes so long. Why? Let's just put Shamrock right in there and let him roll. Well, and I, I, I'm not discrediting, his ability he's definitely was a fucking badass if you go out and google and, or youtube yeah. his stuff from the ufc you really see him and even now 
He's, he has his uh, bare knuckle league. It, they do a lot of shows on fight.tv or mm-hmm. uh, online. Just holy shit, literally beating the shit out of each other. But um, speaking of beating the shit out of each other, you saw the debut here of uh, Steve Blackman, too, that got inserted into the uh, um, USA versus Canada thing here. Uh, they kind of played it off as he was a uh, a fan coming in, beating the crap out of people. And they really played it off very well um, because what I noticed watching the Raw is uh, a lot of people, you get a lot of security tackling them. You don't see that. Oh, oh, he's fine. He's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, what the fuck? You got to at least play it up. You know, don't tell the security or whatever and have them go at him. Uh, Blackman was like our the the raw version of Glacier. If Glacier <laughs> well, yeah. was badass, yeah, and he didn't have to do Mortal Kombat shit. He was just no. But I think if have you seen a current picture of Steve Blackman? Um, no, but I'm guessing he looks pretty much the same. Dude, he is still fucking jacked. I yeah. I, I can't remember when I, I I saw one last, but he he's still a badass man. He's still jacked to the gills. And he, he, he keeps going and going, man. Same same as Shamrock. Shamrock's in good shape too for being an older dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But uh, but no. So let's uh, let's head over to this pay per view. This like I said, this raw setting up the Survivor Series really nicely. Um, it's from the Molson Center in Mo- or Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, twenty thousand five hundred ninety three fans. Eighteen thousand one hundred one paid. Uh. Montreal, man, it uh, it is a different animal as far as wrestling goes. The whole Montreal, Toronto, um, Vancouver, not Vancouver, Calgary, Ottawa, just the, the province of Alberta and the province of Ontario, man. You go up there, there's no in between, man. You're either liked or you're hated. There is no in between. Yeah. I mean, I, I always loved the Canadian pay-per-views. Obviously, you know, WrestleMania 6 was fire mm-hmm. um, in Toronto. This one here, um, highly remembered. Um, just seems like the fans, I mean, Canadian Stampede, how jacked was the fans in that? Fans always bring it, man, yeah. up there. They, they really do. Well, I, well, let me put it this way. Everybody except Canadian Travis. Well, yeah, because he's a lazy piece of shit. Well, right, exactly. But that go- well, he has he, what he is. Yeah, I think he's catching up with Dave in the QC. I think he has like two boats now. I think, or he has a boat in like a. <laughs> he either has a boat in like a, one of those paddle boats too. I don't know. I think that I think he goes like ice fishing on that paddle boat or something. Uh, well, I I know what <laughs> I know what is icy, and that's his game. I've seen that in live person in a, in action. <sighs> but he still na- he still nail he still manages to get these fucking chicks man i don't know how he keeps on out kicking his coverage time and time again i give props to him don't get me wrong but maybe i'm a little jealous and or maybe i'm <laughs> a lot jealous either way um but one thing i wasn't jealous of is this fucking tag team division during this time man like i said it, this is fucking gimmick central between you got the new blackjacks uh blackjack windham and bradshaw aka jbl they're really pushing Road Dog and Billy Gunn as a team. Uh, you got the Godwins. It's just like, and then then you finish, you top it off with the fucking headbangers. 
And it's just like, yeah. dude, what the fuck is going on? And I, I'm a, as you know, I'm a huge fan of tag team wrestling, but they, they are, they are no brain busters. I'll tell you that much. Well, as I um, was saying earlier, I watched this at my neighbor's, my next door neighbor's house back in the day with him and his dad. Mm -hmm. So we were settled in here for a fun night of Survivor Series action. Um, got opened up with a great promo on Brett and Sean. Mm -hmm. A big, big video package opened up the, uh, opened the thing up. I think with Todd Pen Pettengill uh, voicing it over. Um, no, actually, I think it was Jr. And was, uh, yeah. and then Jr. is in a very flowery bow tie and vest, which I always love when he's pulling that shit out of the closet. <laughs> but, yeah, um, but yeah, the first be, match. Be, be interesting to see if he still has that. Yeah, he probably does. Yeah. Uh, the first match, though, yeah, headbangers, new blackjacks, new age outlaws, all these news. They should have put the new uh, uh, Rock and Roll Express in new there. Midnight Express. <laughs> and uh, the Godwins. Um, but yeah, pretty much the tag team, the tag team division at this time was just there so that Billy Gunn and Road Dog could go over people. Mm. Yeah, well, and like you, like we said, they're basically pushing the New Age Outlaws, and they weren't called the New Age Outlaws just yet. But you got you starting to see the early signs of them be really, really being pushed to the moon uh, because they get these stupid gimmicks where you get rockabilly and you get the roadie and all this bullshit, which yeah. I, I get it. They're getting pushed, you know, w w w with uh, Brian James being with uh, double J and then uh, uh, Billy being with the fucking honky tonk man. But that's beside well, the point. Uh, one thing I noticed on their way out, you know, when Jesse James always cut a promo going down there, going down the aisle um he did say and i'm surprised they haven't taken this out or bleeped it out because he said something about steers and keywords yeah. mm -hmm. and uh I'm, i was kind of shocked that that they've they left in that, that they've left that in i mean we can't hear rick rude's fucking music but let's leave you know an offensive name for people in there but that's okay whatever vince you do you yeah. Also, there's a hitman is going to WCW sign in the front row as we. Start I saw that too. Display. There was a lot of <laughs> honestly, there was a lot of WCW shit. And it was right in the front row, opposite hard camera. <laughs> per perfectly placed, man. I think they did it on purpose or something. It was a plant. Uh, but you know, we saw we we saw another another tag team turmoil, classic Survivor Series match. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, the Truth Commission, the Interrogator, Recon Sniper, and the Jackal taking on uh, DOA. I don't know what the fuck they were doing with DOA at this time, but they're basically screwing them over going against these guys. Um, don't really want to spend too much time on this because I want to spend a lot of time on the rest, but fuck, man. <laughs> well, I mean, nine, nine minutes too long. I was never a fan of DOA, man. They they had go away heat with me, yeah. um, and really so did you know the Jack on his little group of uh, guys here. The Interrogator, though, man, he's a big, huge son bitch, as we say up here in West Virginia. Yeah, um, you can I, see the top of his head from the mountains. And I don't know if we pushed or talked about the end of that last match, but New Age Outlaws do go over. Oh right, and yeah. uh, you know. 
when and they're pretty much set sailing here now as the kings of the tag team division especially once after you know well even before but around when sean leaves at, after wrestlemania 14 and they join dx full-time right so this next match i want to dive deep into a little bit is the uh, usa versus canada match uh you got on one side uh davy boy smith jim neidhard doug furnace and phil lafon Ironically enough, the only Canadian on this side is Phil Lafon, who, who is from, I believe, he's like Edmonton, Alberta, maybe, or he might be from Quebec. I can't remember. But anyways, regardless, nobody's from Canada on the Team Canada side. Uh, and then uh, Team USA, you got Vader, Mark Marrow, with Sable, of course, Steve Blackman, and Gold Dust. Uh yeah, we we brief like I said, we briefly touched on this whole fu thing with gold or gold dust. Throughout this match, you're seeing gold dust basically being sidetracked, mentally, physically, whatever. And it's gold dust just didn't get involved in the match. He was just he like didn't. He just stood there. on the apron. It's like, dude, yeah. what the, I get what the, I get. There what the, they're doing with him as far as the storyline goes, but mm-hmm. it's just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, He's forever unchained, goddammit. I told you that earlier. Leave him alone. Hey, you know the best thing about that last match with, with Crush and those guys? It was the last time we would see Crush for like four years then. Yeah. Three. So that's yeah. that's always good when we don't have to see Crush again for four oh, years. Oh, yeah, that... I forgot you're a hit Crush hater. Um, oh, fucking hell. But yeah, this, this next match, so I was kind of pissed because First one out quick was Nightheart. I was like, God damn it, I love Nightheart. <laughs> I would have thought he would have been there for a while. I know. I figured like Furnish or LaFound would be one of the first ones out, but um, and then quickly finished up with uh, uh, Blackman, who's out just before Nightheart. Blackman only lasted about five and a half minutes and then being counted out. What a great way to have your debut. You get fucking counted out. Uh, but yeah, I, the storytelling behind this match really is really superior. Like I said, just the power of the bulldog pretty much over anything. Um, I really wish what I gathered out of this is I really I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, I really wanted to get more of a, a bulldog versus marrow match uh, singles match that is. Um, mm-hmm. because shit, man, at this time, if looks could kill Mark Mayer would be convicted of murder, man, because yeah. he just has those eyes that just look right fucking through you. Yeah. This was Blackman's first match on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Bulldog in this match looked fucking fantastic. I thought just work wise and just his look and everything. I thought he, he looked really good here. Probably his last really good match. I mean, as far as, after going to WCW and getting hurt and all that type of stuff. Right. Uh, but yeah, all in the, in the American team, Team USA, they came out to Angles music, mm-hmm. which yeah. I was weird. I was weirded out by that because I was like, whose music on this team is that? Because it's nobody's. It's nobody's. Thinking. Well, originally, <laughs> well, I think originally the Patriot was supposed to be in this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then he started snorting some cocaine or something. Yeah, he, uh, he got in trouble or had to go to rehab or something. I don't remember. 
but he was originally scheduled to be part. That's why Blackman's in it because Blackman basically took his spot. Okay. Um, side note for that one, but forever they, unchanged and alive they shouldn't have again. Put, they shouldn't have put nose holes on that mask. On that well, Patriot mask. They shouldn't. Just, well, just let him breathe out his mouth. Yeah, he, he could be a mouth breather. Um, you know, and another thing that I really liked about this, you really got to see Vader really uh, show a lot of his in-ring work uh, yeah. against other guys like a like a uh, like a bulldog or a Nightheart or even come with some of the faster guys like Elephant and uh, and and uh, Furnace. Well, Vader sold a suplex, man. Yeah, he to did. Bulldog to Bulldog. Bulldog put him up in the air, suplexed yeah. him. The crowd popped big for it. And I, I, I was like I said, it's just you, you know how strong Vader is. Vader's one of the strongest guys in wrestling history. And for Bulldog well, yeah. to, to put him up that easily, and, hold, and he held him up there like straight up and down. Yeah, him, but and he know. held him for a little bit. It's like holy shit, this dude's. And, and this was when Vader he wasn't slight like he was in his ear earlier yeah. in his career. He's a big old boy at this time. He's probably. You think he's three hundred? You think he's just. Oh think, yeah, he's, I think he's, well he's over. every bit of that. Yeah, but yeah. it's just this. He's probably close to four. I will admit, I got the whole Goldust thing. We'll get on that, and then we're gonna we'll move on a little bit. But um, it was interesting. I, that- I, I wish they would have done a lot more with Goldust. I got I get what they why they did what they did. This whole forever unchanged, all that shit. He's alive again, reborn, whatever. But it's just like, this is how you want to, this is, this is the hill you want to die on. Forever underutilized. That's what it's just. Seriously, because (coughs) when, and this is a serious question is when was he seriously utilized? It wasn't from 97. It was right when he debuted from in 96 there, 96, 95, when he was really making a run with the IC title because you hit 97 here. Dude, this is, and I love Dustin. I love gold dust, but this starting here and going forward, his storylines were dog shit. Yeah. Other than that fun shit with the oddities, but even that was stupid, <laughs> dude. It was interesting in this match, though, to see the faces work as heels since they were, you know. Well, and that's the other thing. You can you can compare that. You can compare this match with a lot of the match that they had at Canadian Stampede or Calgary. Yeah, Canadian Stampede. Excuse me. Because when, you know, the hearts and anybody related to the hearts, i.e., you know, Davey and, and Nightheart, they, dude, they're fucking cheered in Canada, man. And then everywhere else, they're booed. And that's basically what what 97 was for these guys. I don't know about Canada, but I heard we're over in Denmark or Finland or something. Sweden, damn it. Sweden. One of those. We're over in, we're like, <laughs> Northern I think we're like countries. Four, I think we're like four or five in podcasts for wrestling podcasts on iTunes there. And I think, to my wife's like, dude, you got to delete that off your fucking phone because you need to be looking at every goddamn five minutes, <laughs> like, 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 like you do with the the show show stats and stuff. I'm like, I'm checking it every five goddamn minutes. I'm like, goddamn. I'm like, oh, but it went down a little bit. It went up a little bit. Who gives a shit? The bulldog did defeat Vader. He got down to Bulldog Vader, and yeah. uh, Bulldog goes over, and the fans are all 
happy as can be after this one. Yeah. So I'm going to just briefly go over the, just give you the results of the next couple of matches. I really, really want to give a lot of, designate a lot of time to the Austin Owen match and then the main event with uh, Michaels and, and Brett. Uh, so we saw the next match here, which is pretty good. I go back and watch it now again is Kane versus uh, Mankind. Kane is with Paul Bearer, of course, and uh, he beats Mankind in nine minutes and 30 seconds. And Kane's over at this time, man. He's really beating the shit out of everybody in the promotion. This is when the red light is on for the whole entire match. This this was the red light before the fiend. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still and it's still and it's still it was stupid here and it's stupid then. Kane was red lighting before red lighting was cool, motherfuckers. Yeah. Go, go, um, hey, and Michael McClanahan, Google what that means. <laughs> I just want to um, say him to Google as you see the look on his fucking face. Uh, one good spot in the match. Mankind gets distracted by that goddamn Paul Bearer. And Ooh, then, yes! and then um, gets thrown through a table, which, of course, you know, make always looking through to go, go through a table. He's always looking to break something, man. Uh, he took a tough bump from the top, too, from the top turnbuckle to the outside flat back. Um, it was basically... You know, Kane just caught him from the top turnbuckle and then just flipped him down flat back on the outside, and it looked like it hurt like hell. And the fans started che uh, cheering ECW on that spot. <clears throat> yeah, pretty solid match all the way through. I mean, Mick Foley at this time could make any match amazing. I mean, he really was on fire, in my opinion. Definitely a top, top three performer for them in their company, I think, at this time. Oh yeah, and they and they they really did well with him uh, at this time. You know, later towards the end of his career, they really didn't know, but it's like, okay, well, at least we know now. Uh, so our next match was uh, another uh, classic Survivor Series match. It was uh, Ken Shamrock, Ahmed Johnson, and the uh, WWF Tag Team Champions, the Legion of Doom, defeating the Nation and Domination, uh, Farouk. Uh, Rocky Maivia, a.k.a. The Rock, comma, a.k.a. The Godfather, and D'Lo Brown. Uh, oh, hold on. Before we get to that match, we forgot, um, in between these matches, Michael Cole interviews Slaughter and Vincent McMahon, and uh, at the oh, end, right, at yeah, the yeah, end yeah. he goes, yeah. Vince, who's going to win? And Vince just looks at him and smiles and goes, I don't know. I'm like, uh-huh. And all, and then send your cable bill and get a free WWE dog tag. I'm like, what the fuck? Send my cable bill and what for? Yeah, why am I gonna to get, a, <laughs> to get to get a piece of shit that's gonna break in five seconds once you get <laughs> yeah. it, anyways? I mean, if it doesn't come in the mail broken, but yeah, it's probably, it's the, probably plastic. We got the nation versus nation LOD. versus yeah, LOD Ahmed Shamrock and, and uh, Shamrock. Shamrock. Dude, it, you know, it was what it is. I think, you know, obviously Nation Domination is the most over faction at this time, uh, the most united team at this time. And it really showed during this match. And like I said, we, we briefly talked about Shamrock being pushed here. And they're just trying to push him and see what he can do. Basically what it boils down to. Yeah, I think this is, you know, they had to kind of filter through some um... – some people in the nation of domination, you know, Crush and Savio and and uh, these people that they had in there. But I think this 
this is when the nation started to pick up and be pretty damn good. When The Rock was, you know, the number two man under Farouk and he was coming into his thing here. And you had D'Lo and Kama, who, you know, I'm always such a huge fan of D'Lo. Um, the nation was kind of cool now. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? By this time. Well, and, and I really dug the nation in general. I really thought that they... They really never got their just due. You know, you you get guys like Rock, D'Lo Brown, Mark Henry, you know, Kama, getting out of here, basically coming under the learning tree of Ron Simmons, who's legitimately one of the best minds in the business of all time. I haven't really heard an argument really to dismiss it. Um, so I'm really going, I'm, I'm going with that. Uh, and it's just a shame that, you know they lost here because they really deserve to get over. Obviously, they're playing up the heel team, but but shit, man. Uh, so last two matches here, man. Uh, Steve Austin pinned the WWF Intercontinental Champion Owen Hart with a stunner in four minutes and two seconds. What yep. the fuck, man? Seriously. Oh, um. The Rock did tap out in the ankle lock in that last match, which was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, at the end there. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Shamrock, that yeah. yeah, Shamrock gets over on him, and uh, I don't know. I actually did not hate that match. I thought that, um, of course, as soon as Farouk comes in, JR goes, God damn, one of the greatest all-time players to college football. <laughs> I mean, as soon as he come in the ring, I was like, ding, ring the bell. Just do it, but, just, 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 <laughs> just ring it. But anyways, yeah, Rock taps out, ankle lock. Good. Once again, putting Shamrock over as a big badass, putting him over Rock there at the end of that deal. And we, and I, I think Rock made out all right for the rest of his career, I think. I think he made yeah. it all right. I think he did yeah. it right. But um, Owen and Austin, uh, Owen's out in his Owen 316, you know, gimmick. I just broke your neck. I love it. I really want to see if – I want to Google that and see if there's shirts out there of those, if those are still being printed. Or can be still printed because I really want one. Yeah, I had a Heart Foundation. Well, just it said Hitman on it, and it had the eagle, the right. wings, and the skull. Um, I had that when I was in junior high, and I was uh, not very well liked by all the stone cold uh, redneck classmates of mine. They were I was above that filth. I was for the Heart Foundation. So, yeah, I used were. to rock my Hitman shirt down the hallways of North Adams Junior High. Now, how, but, how, how many Hitman shirts did you have? Do you have one for each of the week? No, just that one. I wish just I still a, had it. Okay, but I, yeah. I, but I didn't know if you still had it or, you know, you rock it when you're doing the lawn or something. No, I don't know whatever happened to that shirt. I wish I did. Like so many other of my wrestling memorabilia growing up as a kid, uh, I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. I think Tornado Lisa Davis uh, went through my room after I may have went to college. And next thing I know, a lot of my shit's gone. You know how that goes. No, I never. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, my shit goes. It's called divorce. That's a thing. Okay. So opening this match, Owen and Austin. Owen comes out to his new music. So in our wrestling with music, we've already covered the um, rocket the rocket music um but now owen comes out with the um the wailing of the ambulance and then it goes dun, 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 dun. it's a, definitely a new song for owen i was like 
Where did that come from? It, but, it was nice, yeah. though. I'll, I'll give him that much. Playing up on the ambulance thing, you know, I'll break your neck type deal. Um, but, yeah, the uh, match opens up, is what it is. They get a they get a crowd explosion because Owen went for the pile driver. Uh, he doesn't get it. Um, I like that Owen rang the bell to disqualify himself. He went right. out and rang, the, rang his own bell. <laughs> but, but it works, though, man. It really does. It's just that those little things. Well, he knew that slapdick Mike Kyoto was refereeing the match, and he could probably get it over on his dumb ass. I think that's what the plan was. Hey, don't you disparage a good goddamn name of Mike, Michael Kyoto. Well, anyone that does a show with that Polly B should have their head examined, but that's a whole nother. Well, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have done shows with Polly B that need their head examined, TBC. Um, but, yeah, I just – do you think the four-minute match, man, do you think that was enough? Do you think that really got the point across that they're really pushing Austin here? Yeah. It, and that center did just pop out of nowhere and it was yeah. over really quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, it is what it is for who, who knows, for all we know, Vince told, you know, Owen, you know, we're short on time, pal, make it quick. Well, but, but do you think the 90s, 1997 as a whole in the WWF, do you think this Owen Austin feud could really stand close to this Brett and Sean feud as like feud of the year? Or do you think they're basically one, a one B in 97? I think the feud of the year would have been Brett and Brett and Sean and Steve. Oh, Brett and Steve. Oh, okay. Because the the thing is, they're so interchangeable here Mm -hmm. and they're so very similar, obviously with Brett and Owen, they're so similar because they were trained together, their family. Like throughout then, the summer, throughout the summer, Brett pretty much hated Steve. And then every now and then Sean would like distract him with some bullshit. And then yeah. he would go back to hate Steve some more. It was kind of weird. No. Then he had to wrestle Undertaker in the middle of it all. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, because Undertaker's got my belt. Because that was SummerSlam and he wrestled them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a crazy year where Brett was kind of all over the place as far as feud goes. And he was hurt at some of this too. Mm-hmm. But you know, definitely. See, I don't really consider the Brett Sean thing. <sighs> I don't know. I never thought their feud was all that great. Like the 96 thing, I'm never really into babyface versus babyface too much. Right. Um, and then this year, I don't know. This match just kind of puts a tarnish on it for me anyway. So I just never get into Brett and Sean's feud all that much. I just I I'm along the same lines, and I know you know where I'm going with with this whole Iron Man thing at WrestleMania 12. I I've never been a big fan of anything Iron Man match, 30 minute matches, 60 minute matches. Don't promote it as that. I would rather have them if they if they're gonna go 60 minute Broadway, we'll say. And don't promote it. Do it like you did back in the eighties when Flair and Steamboat, Flair and you know, insert <laughs> insert person here that was doing it when Flair could go sixty minutes twice a night. And I'm not talking about outside the ring. I'm talking inside the ring. Yeah. Well, but I, I just I, I I'm like but like I said I'm along the same lines as you. 
that I really wasn't into this huge, this huge Brett and uh, and Sean feud. I, yeah. I, 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 I won't go as far as saying that it's overrated because it's not, but it's not, it's not as highly to me. It's not as highly recognized and highly liked as, as people give them credit for. Well, I'll say this going into this pay-per-view as a fan, it felt like a big time fight. You right. know what I mean? So it did have the build. It had the history. It had uh, everything, this match leading into this pay-per-view. Um, so on that aspect of it, it had fans hook, line, and sinker involved. I don't know at the time since really people didn't like either one if you were just an average American kid because mm-hmm. bo- both of them were heels. I don't know if really some of those kids cared who won this match so much. but I don't really think they did, though, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, and you know the finish is what it is, but we will get there. But well, we'll get there now because I really want to spend a little bit. We're probably going to be going. I'll I'll apologize in advance, guys. Is this is probably be one of our longer episodes because we want to we want to unpack all this good stuff that was came out of this that went into it um, because I think stuff that you're seeing nowadays they took away from this, this time period. They took away from this specific event. They took away from these wrestlers to try to, to, to try and reinvent themselves to write, reinvent the business in this aspect. Uh, but everybody knows Sean becomes a WWF champion screws, you know, screws, Bret Hart, Vince, all that crap. Fine. Great. Everybody knows the stories. And if I you think, didn't, leading into the match, they definitely did a hell of a job on their package promo leading yeah. into the match because they rehashed WrestleMania 12 and all the shit that's happened since then. And I think even nowadays, I'll give WWE credit. And I, I try not to, as you know, as much as, as much as the next person. But their production, then, now, forever, will be the absolute best in the business Mm -hmm. uh wrestling not so much uh writing not so much but when you want a good production you want those vignettes you want those stories those pre-match videos like you're seeing here wwe's gonna knock it out of the park every single time yeah and so they they play this great video package then you know Jim Ross is talking and saying, you know, a lot of people have been saying this could be Bret Hart's last night in the W. So, I mean, he is, he is teasing that there could be a thing here and you can just feel watching it. And when you start watching this main event, you can feel the tenseness at the beginning of the match because they start doing like a heartbeat thing. You know what I mean? And they go Mm -hmm. back and they watch Sean and them walk through the, the tunnel and you just feel that, but they're playing in the background behind it and it just feels tense intense Mm -hmm. and so the cameras you know follow sean and rick and triple h and china from their locker room all the way out there which they also don't do this i've never really seen them before or after doing that a lot no they don't 
but um and so yeah that was cool just those walking out and then here comes brett you know he's got you know beans or dallas or blade or whatever one his of those son? dumb one of those kids blade, of, blade is yeah. his son well they're they're all of his kids he's got his kids got weird names but sorry for all you people named beans and dallas and blade um who would be there never mind i would but, but anyways we'll, I, we'll get we'll get into the weeds with names never mind go ahead <laughs> i think it was blade sitting there holding a canadian the flag, flag yeah. and uh so everyone's ready to roll and they you know walk bread out there the music hits and that fucking place went banana it went it, it erupted man and it like we said previous to um to the segment was Montreal, Toronto, Edmonton, Alberta, Calgary, wherever. Any province in Canada, man, wrestling's over. And well, Bret this... Hart's especially over. Well, no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're not he's not gonna get booed. You basically hit he basically has to murder somebody to to, to get booed in Canada. Well, speaking of murdering someone, um, before Brett came out, Sean comes out and he gets a huge chorus of booze. He famously fucks the Canadian flag in the middle of the ring. Um, it is good heel shit, and he's yeah. definitely getting getting the heat out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then you have the um, crowd flipping their shit when Brett comes out. He is in all black with pink trim. Sean is in all black as well with like some red striped hearts in there, um, and Brett. Knowing that he's in Canada, being the face gives the fan gives the kid some glasses on the outside, like the old Brett would do. Um, so, and Jr. just like I said, just does a fantastic job of building this in the background as these intros are coming out. Jr.'s just talking to us in the background, just like giving us information, and uh, it's just a great build up to the to a beginning of a match. Yeah. Now. We might as well get to this now because I know we're going to be running pretty close and I close on time. And I want to make sure we address this. Let's sell the argument here, man, seriously, because you and I both talked about this personally, not even recording um, between ourselves, between other people in the, in the community, uh, AFS and outside. It, is this a work or a shoot? I might as well, I'll be blunt with it. There's no easy way to do it. I just, I don't know how you could ever want to make this a work and be that smart to pull it all off in the way that it was done. That would be like saying your, your hair's a work. No, that shit is a shoot because no one would ever do that shit. So it's a fucking shoot and everyone knows it. And everyone that says that it's not <clears throat> Denovius and other people can, uh, Suck it, as old Shawn Michaels would say around this time. Well, I just... I... There's video evidence of it. It's called the fucking... Dark, uh, or, uh, uh, da- dark shadows. shadows. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I just find it very ironic that all this shit goes down. Oh, and there's cameras there to make sure that it happens. You, well, you know those cameras have been with Brett, though, for months leading into that, and they didn't know that was going to happen when they started following Brett around. I, I, it was just, you know, it ended up being a hell of a story by the end. I just, it, it's just interesting to see 
you know, all these little things because we got lucky that Brett had people following him or else we wouldn't have had the video of Vince walking out all fucked up after he got punched by Brett and Mm -hmm. all this shit. But did he really get punched? Who else was in that room? Is there evidence that says he actually everyone that was in that room has the same story? Yeah. Bulldog was that Bulldog was there, Jerry Briscoe was there, Shane McMahon was there, uh Jim Neihart was in there, Owen was in there. Uh, Triple H was in there and Shawn Michaels was in there. For but why sure. would at this time he's probably Vince was what at this time? What, 60 maybe? Give or take? Maybe 58, something yeah. like that. And maybe. But he's, but he's late, late 50s, early 60s. Why would you let, hey, give me one shot. You get one shot. Why the fuck would you do that to, you know? I guess he felt like he owed it to him. That's what he says. I don't but know. it's just, even in this post. You know how Vince prides himself on being a man, god damn it. But why do you think why do you think that this this happened the screw job happened? Was it just Um, a matter of he that Vince felt disrespected that basically Brett was promoting WCW on the TV on on broadcast? Uh, the fact that he was he couldn't get him signed or a little bit of everything. Screw drop happened because they couldn't come to an agreement on how right. to get the belt off of Brett. Brett, I think, wanted to go on Raw the next night. He said, you know, I'll lose it to anyone. I'll lose it to Taker. I'll lose it to, you know, I, he named pretty much everyone. But, I, you know, I don't, don't want to lose it to Sean in uh, Canada. That was the big thing with Brett. I don't know why it mattered when it's a fake business anyways, why it matters about losing it to Sean. Well, I'll tell you, okay. Here's the reason why the Montreal screw job happened. When you cut it down to nut cut time, when Shawn Michaels told Bret Hart months before this, when Bret Hart said, you know, I'm going to squash everything, uh, Shawn, you know, we can uh, work together. And I just want you to know, you know, always, you know, do whatever I'll put you over. And Shawn said, you know, thanks, but I will never do the same thing for you. Basically telling Bret, go fuck himself. He won't ever put him over. So why, so that's what caused the Montreal screwdriver because that caused the rift where Brett was telling Vince he's not going to lose it to Sean. Well, and, and, and I it think got that, personal there, yeah. I think. Well, and it started at WrestleMania 12, man. When he won the Iron Man match, he told him to get the fuck out of his ring. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I see both sides of it. Like I said, we go back to the being a work and a shoot. I see both sides of it. I see there's some evidence there of being, of being a work just because, you know, why would you do this this way or why would you? It's just everybody's strategically in the same in the spots where they're supposed to, and I know it's a it's a it's a it's a, a, a predetermined sport. I get it. Mm-hmm. That's not how what I'm getting at for that. But you know, Vince is there. You know, everybody else is there, or everybody else is behind the scenes. They're not even by a, a gorilla because they they don't want to be out by the ring. It's just between these guys. And well, oh, Sean didn't know bullshit. Sean was in on yes. it, and I and he even's gone back and said that at this time he wasn't in the best mindset. I get that, but fuck, man. The 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 root of the reason was Sean saying that he would never put Brett over. Then the kink in Brett's armor was Earl Hebner when he trusted Hebner, and you know. You're not gonna let him fuck me, Earl. And you know, Earl, I swear on my kids, man, I'm not. You know, that's that got Brett in trouble. He never should have let himself get put in that sharpshooter. Yeah, 
Never should have let that happen. Because you knew what the scenario, you knew what the ending was going to be. And I even yeah. watched, I know you you watched this live. I watched this on a tape delay because I got the tape because uh, I was middle school at this time. And I got it from the front buddy of mine that taped it off. <laughs> he rigged it off the pay-per-view. He did the whole tape over the, 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 uh, um, the, the tape part. I don't know what the fuck you call it. Anyways. Um, so I watched this after the fact, I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? This is literally going to turn the business on end. And I just think the way that I think it would be a work is just because they need that shot in the ass or the arm, whatever way, bad, bad way to say that, but you need that thing to really get your promotion over. Why not create a, create a, create a a fake screw job. Isn't it making Brett hotter in hell though? And when he goes to WCW collateral damage, man, it doesn't fucking, I, 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 Vince is thinking at the end, he does not give a shit. Well, I can tell you this. I don't think that's true because on the Raw after this pay-per-view, which we'll discuss, um, you know, that's when Vince tries to go over as a baby face and lay out Brett, and he just comes over as a heel, and then Mr. McMahon is born. But that's that was, was not born. his that's not his that was not his intent was to be a heel. But he ran JR with will tell you that. Yeah, but I'm saying is if it's a work, then that would have already been set up, and it wasn't. Well, so so let's go. You know, obviously we know the scenarios what happened with this. Uh, we're not going to really get to so many people have really talked about it to death, but we'll talk about the uh, the raw after Survivor Series here in Ottawa, Canada, the uh, the Corral Center. Um, HBA comes out to DX team, which I found kind of ironic, and says that. Um, he ran Brad out of town and that his friends are down, down South will beat the crap out of him, which I found it ironic, which I'm assuming he's meaning Nash and Hall. Well, I didn't get to watch much of this for all because at this point I was boycotting WWE. Well, of course, um, at the end of this match, uh, the uh, survivor series, I knew what had happened. I mean, I, I could tell by the way, Brett kind of looked, and then definitely, by the way, he started tearing cameras up and writing WCW and everything else. I knew what had happened. And I just remember saying, fuck Vince McMahon, fuck the WWE. I'll never watch this shit again. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a hot little seventh grader at the time, eighth grader, whatever I was. So. Whatever the fuck it was, yeah. Yeah. But so no, I didn't watch much of this next Raw because I was like full nitro at that point. Well, and that's where I, really where I went too as well. But um, just but a couple. That only lasted a few weeks. And yeah, I was yeah, back yeah. watching it. Didn't need to back watching it again. Um, but no, just a couple other things to really take away from this. You know, you mentioned the whole uh, sit down interview with Jr. that Vince did. Uh, Mr. McMahon was basically born, I think, at this time. Um, but two other feuds that really started to you know show some face was uh, the feud between Austin and Rocky. Uh, for the IC title uh, towards the end here, as well as uh, Kane versus the Undertaker. Um, yeah, I remember that Austin Rock feud well. That was when uh, the when uh, Rock threw the belt in the river, the Intercontinental belt. 
off the bridge or whatever. That was some good shit. Yeah. Or did I, Austin throw it? Somebody threw it in the river. Uh, I think it was, I think Rock threw the, or Austin yeah. threw, I think they both did it pretty much. Um, but no, so that was pretty much what we really take away from that Raw. There's no SmackDown at this time. So Raw was the only pay per view, or excuse me, the uh, broadcast on on national television um but let's go up to the ring to uh, mr rich paladino it's listener questions all right justin so we got a big list of questions this week so we have to thank each and every one of you first and foremost for answer asking excuse me these questions to us you can slide into my dms or justin's dms at underscore ringside rant for myself or at GD 2040 for Justin. Let us know what you want to talk about, what you want us to answer for you. Uh, and then stay tuned to the end of the show. and You'll find out what, uh, what we'll be doing next week uh, right here on the show. Um, so without further ado, ladies first as always, Justin. So Tom hey, Miguel. Oh, oh. God. damn it. This, this is, this is why he doesn't like you. This is top why- gal. Which top gal is it? Top, Jesus Christ. We've got a few of them. Top gal Amy asked, um, the Montreal screw job is the absolute most remembered event in wrestling history. Everyone seems to have a theory um, on if it's a work shoot or work or shoot or whatever. Who know and what when? Who knew what? when and all that stuff i can't fucking talk uh, so she asked so if the three main participants vince sean and brett could go back in time and redo this event would they or would they uh would they or would they allow it um honestly we, we, we briefly touched on being a work shoot so we'll go right to the end of that question is basically I think if Vince could go back and change it, I think that he would have basically thrown any amount of money at Brett to keep him there. Because I think a, that it would have prolonged his career a lot more than it did when he went down South to WCW and he didn't have to die from uh, fucking Goldberg. And, and he wouldn't have let Owen do that. Right. And, and, and Owen would have still be here. I think. As, as, as you reiterated. So I, I really think that if you could go back and redo it, you would really, I, I would book it as a draw, man. Go 60 minute Broadway. I, and I know they went 60 minutes at WrestleMania 12, but this one's not advertised as a, as an Ironman match. And then, you, and then you continue and you continue going forward with this, with this feud. I mean, I think the answer is all three probably would go back and say, let's do this differently. Um, I think that hindsight, you know, looking back at this now, I think Brett would have said, hell, let me just give it to Sean. You know, and I think it would have been fixed there. Um, but emotions, tension was so high. The business was so hot. Uh, Vince felt extra uh protective of his company at this time because of the threat from WCW. Um, all of those things of a perfect storm of shit caused this 
this uh, ending of this match. So, you know, I think definitely all three people would like to go back and do it differently. Oh, without question. Uh, so thanks, Amy, for that. I am I, and I'm sorry I butchered the whole fucking question. I'm I'm a really good reader of words. Let me tell you. Uh, so our next question comes from the Mappet Man himself, Mappet, Mister Henry. So he asks, "Say Vince doesn't fuck over." I'm reading word for word right now. Fuck over Brad at this show and lets him leave clean. Do we still see the attitude era that puts WCW out of business or does WWF get forced to close its doors? And if it does, what happens to the wrestling industry? Great I don't, question. I don't, it is a good question. Very good question. A lot better than any ones that I've heard from Money Mike. But I'll say right. that I, I don't. It's hard to answer. I, I think that the Attitude Era would have got there um, because Steve was bringing it. Mm -hmm. The Rock was bringing it. The, the Attitude was already there. It just wasn't out full force yet. Um, would the McMahon character have been a heel like it was? That's where it may have changed. Mm -hmm. Would WWF then got as hot? No. But would they have survived? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I think they still would have survived. I would uh, to 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 get that heel character, to get that attitude era. I would wanted to say to keep Brett there, keep him with. Don't send him south. Give him whatever he wants, and basically make Brett that Mister McMahon character in his own way, and feud with Austin, and have that be the basically the feud of the century between Brett as a heel and Austin as that tweener, that face, whatever you want to call him. Because that, that would put asses in the seats. It really would. Yeah. There are all kinds of possibilities if Brett stays, but I just think that WWE was set up too well. I don't think they would have failed. I think they would have still got hot in, in some which way. Um, WCW may have lasted longer. Um, I, I think it would because they'd have to go somewhere else. I think they'd have to go grab some other name fat face or something for the company and bring them down. And that would open doors for other people, for other guys or gals to really prolong their careers, their, their, their uh, wrestling careers. In, in a weird way, this, the Montreal screw job set the WWE on fire. People started watching more, I think, because they heard so much about mm -hmm. survivor series. I think it started bringing over more nitro fans by yeah. 98. Yeah. And then, and then you got, you know, Austin against, you know, fucking Mike Tyson and WrestleMania and, you know, shit got started to get big at that point. That's why it's a work. Um, so, <laughs> so big thanks to Henry for that question. Uh, our next question is a little similar to that, but I'm going to get your, want to get your opinion on it too, is, uh, from a good friend, James Anthony, you can find, find him on Twitter at 87 James Anthony. Uh, he asked if Brett didn't go to WCW, what do you think was next for him in WWF or what would uh, you have liked to see him do next? Um, well, I mean, for me, I think that you could have probably at Royal Rumble then have another Sean and Brett blow off there. Um, and then you set up probably I would put the belt on Brett if you if you flip it here and give it to Sean, which 
if Brett's staying, I don't think they would have done that. I think they would have kept the belt on Brett here mm-hmm. at Survivor Series, then have Sean win it, um, maybe at the next pay per view, um, and then have Brett win it again, and then go with Brett and um, and Steve at WrestleMania fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I don't know maybe you would. You're still going to blow off Undertaker Kane, so I don't know where you'd put Sean. Maybe Sean with Owen at WrestleMania 14. I don't know. Yeah, but 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 like you said, I really do think if 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 Brett would have stayed, I think we really would have still had a lot more opportunities for him, a lot more opportunities, and I don't think Owen would have done what he did. Uh, but like I said, that's being hindsight, being now uh, looking back on it, and it's and it's bad to go back and look at it that way, but. A Brett Rock feud would have been awesome. Right. Um, a Brett uh, McFoley, you know, feud would have been really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, just all kinds of possibilities there with, I mean, Kurt Angle coming in here in a little while. Uh, that's a match I think we would all love to have seen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, man, how the, the, the business would have changed if Brett didn't go to WCW. Um, it would have just it would have been so different, but yet so much better, I think too. Yeah. So that kind of encompasses our next two, like I said, our question with here with James and our next question with uh, apex predator too, because he wanted to know what his next uh, Brett's next opponent would be. So I think we pretty much you know, mm-hmm. mentioned that and on who we think that really w- w- would be next up in, in line to challenge him for the title. And that's, like I said, that's if he, he leaves here with the title. Uh, instead of giving it to Brett. Um, so next up is the devilish one himself, Devin Dowling. Uh, he asked, can Shamrock beat HBK by DQ on Raw before the show? Could WWF have thrown Shamrock into the main event and let HBK beat him? Yeah, they did in the next pay-per-view, right? Um, or yeah. the, the December pay-per-view. It was yeah. um, is, uh, yeah, that in your was house, Shamrock. Right? It was an in your house. I forget the name of it. Was it CC Beatings? Maybe no. No, it was that, that was that was no. um, that was Brett and um, it was degeneration. It was degeneration. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Shamrock and Triple H or HBK fought for the main event there for the title. Mm. Um, so yeah, he was in there. He was in the main event at SummerSlam '97 as the referee with Sean and Brett. So he was in this mix from the time he stepped into the WWE and until you know really on on through 98 he was in that upper intercontinental to heavyweight title look each each and every card so shamrock was the man here i just wish he would have you know been more on time and not had jr have to fire him and (laughs) (laughs) jr has said that you know his unreliability at times is what held him back from really being that uh wwe champion because he did champion. he did win the intercontinental here in early 98 i think right uh, yeah and then he and the, then he was the first tna champion too when he went down and he won the uh 10 pounds yeah um so thanks Devin, for that our next one comes from mr eddie prather he asked what do you think vince could have done in the hbk brett situation besides doing what he Vince did with a screw job to me, it seemed like both Brett and Sean were both acting like children. Yeah, um, it, it just goes back to, like I said, the heart of it was that comment by Sean, which then enraged Brett. 
and then we got us into a work here um or i mean a shoot we worked ourselves into a shoot here by the end of, of survivor series um what could have been done differently i you know we could have obviously we could have both people could have been a lot more professional mm-hmm. um and if vince would have trust brett and known that you know brett would have came on her all that next night and put over you know sean or whatever i think if it was mm-hmm. just circumstances were a little different i don't know he wanted to give up the belt i know vince didn't want to do that i mean sean's allowed to do it when he don't want to lose to people he's allowed to give the belt up on raw but i guess brett wasn't allowed to so i, 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 I guess brett never lost his smile yeah you know i've thinking a long time and tried to smile this morning it didn't work there's a joke somewhere there, but I don't really don't think it should apply to this uh, to this show. But um, so we're going to start something new more. So I'm going to start something new here. Justin, I, I'm pretty sure you can see the screen that I, I'm looking at. Right. Yes, I want I think we're going to start having I want to start having you read Money Mike's question just for the hell of it. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you want me to? to read it in money mike's nerd voice you can read it any way you want given the way the business changed over the years is in montreal screwjob type event possible in the 2021 wrestling environment would an event like this in 2021 have the same impact as it did in 1997 when i was not even a fucking gleam in my daddy's eyeball oh i added that last part Oh, oh wait, that that it was there was an addendum underneath there. <laughs> uh no, this it would not be possible now. There's just too many things involved from shareholders to everything else for this type of thing to happen again. Yeah. Yeah, Vince just wouldn't media. Vince wouldn't do this anymore. It's, it's I mean, it, honestly, I don't, I don't it's think it's been possible. done. Yeah. It can't be done I, but, better. I don't think it's done. Well, then. no one fucks people better than I did in '97, pal. And '93 and '94 <laughs> and '98 and yeah. Anyways, but yeah. So I, I, I don't think it would be possible. This just because of everything that you just said, Justin. On top of, uh, social media. You got a fucking computer in your pocket all the time now. You don't know something, you can Google it. If you don't know something. You can look it up on Twitter. Uh, you, you miss a show, you can watch that. You know, you get, you got, you know, you get Clint, Clint from Hershey's out back right now and taking pictures with the Dudley boys and they're going to be turning on each other. Uh-huh. And it's just like, okay, great. Um, but yeah, I don't think it'll, it could work uh, at this time uh, in 2021. But we have to thank each and every one of you, especially you, Money Mike, because I just want to make sure that Justin reads your question each and every week right here on the show. So thank you for answering or asking, excuse me. I'm really can't read or talk. Um, Thank you for asking all those questions this week. So Justin, it's your favorite segment of the week. I think it's everybody's new favorite segment. It's wrestling with music because it's getting a lot of, uh, of pushback because we don't put gold dust in the top 10, Amy. Um, but let's, uh, let's send it up to the producer right now and uh, hit the button. Let's get musical. Let me hear your body talk. All right, Justin. So we actually just paid for a producer. Apparently we got some, uh, 
it's a monkey walking around here with a keyboard. So, uh, anyways, so our wrestling with music now, man, is up to a list of 22. Deuces. So we're going to start this week at 22 and move up to number one, 22 and up. So we start with Hogan WCW, Huvitud Guerrera, Owen Hart Rocket, HBK Shawn Michaels, Ricky Steamboat, British Bulldog, Rick Rude, Kane, Goldberg, Eddie Guerrero, WCW, Gold Dust at 12, and Roddy Piper at 11. So our top 10 is number 10, The Brood, Ric Flair, The Four Horsemen, Dusty Rhodes, uh, Jake Roberts, Demolition, Bret Hart, Undertaker, A- NWO, Black and White, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, with that being said, Justin, uh, we got two songs this week that we picked that legitimately are on a lot of playlists, whether you go to the gym or you just want to hear fucking bangers of uh, wrestling themes. So, do you want to uh, chat real quick about your uh, your pick here? Oh, you know, it's the... Uh... The Legion of Doom WWF theme, which was always, I thought, just badass to go with a badass tag team. And, you know, this song just opens up with the, with the oh, what a rush, and then the, just the guitar riffs then hit. It's a banger, so uh, hit it. Justin, like like you said, a fucking banger of uh, of a pay or a pay view of a of a uh, of, of an a, interest uh, song. Yeah, I mean, song, you go. this thing just fits their character so well. It just sounds like them. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it, it doesn't even really. It doesn't have words other than "Water Rush" at the beginning. But right. I mean, if if they were to walk in a movie scene, you would feel like this would be the yeah, they walk in a bar. This music's playing. Well, but this um, is their this is their their theme. You know what? Like what Amy said about Gold Dust, the the theme music made Gold Dust. I think the road this LOD theme really made LOD. It really did. Yeah, like in SummerSlam '92, when you hear that man, the fucking crowd goes crazy when that song starts playing. It's that Road um, Warrior pop, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, where do you think we should slide them? No, oh, see, I, I look at it this way because the way that we're, correct me if I'm wrong, the way we're really, you know, ranking these, for better use of terms, is basically everything encompassing the talent, the time, their, their likability, the everything connection to the character correct i almost want to put it 
I, I'm aiming low. I think this is low, but I'm just going to see what you think. I want to, I, I put him at, put them at 10. That's exactly where I had him right in front of the brood and right behind Rick Flair in number 10. Um, just because so L- LRD cracking the top 10. And it's just because I don't, I don't, uh, I, I don't think that they're the, like the best out there, but I think when people think LOD, they knew who the hell the music is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bad. It's good shit, man. Yeah. Their music is good shit. I think number 10 is, is worthy of that there. Yeah. So, you know, my pick for this week, um, is another guy that, uh, really another badass. <laughs> if this is the week of stiff workers for wrestling with music, because yes, it is. because these three, we're guys, getting it in stiff pal. Exactly. And because this is really three of the most stiff workers in the business. You had your LOD with you guy with you. And my pick this week is Vader, man. And, whether it was here in WWE. Now, is he a van at this point? Or no, is he just Vader? He's just, he's just Vader. He's, he, not a, he's not a van. He Vader. was only big van, big van Vader when he was in Japan and when he was earlier on in um, WCW when he was wrestling Flair there in the early 90s. But, um, but yeah, it's just bad. He's ass. not just a van. He's a big van. It's a 12-seat van. God damn it. He's a Mastodon. God damn it, pal. Um, but yeah, it's when you you basically want to run through a fucking wall when you listen to these two musics, to the, these two themes, because maybe it's just me because we grew up with this stuff. And, you know, I'm not going to yap anymore. I, I really want to get this out. And uh, so I wonder if this is Mustadon's favorite theme music from the Mastodon. I will, I will, I will, I will have to ask him. I will tag him in this. I wonder episode. if Mustadon and Mastodons are in the same. Are they like cousins in the genealogical animal pool? I'm actually going to, I'll put a poll out. Is a Mastodon and a Mustadon in the same genealogical pool? They look similar. I'm thinking they're true, related. True. I, I, I think they will. And, if, and Vader I, had, if Vader had a man bun coming out on top of that mask, you knew where awesome. I was going. You knew where I was going. <laughs> if he had a man bun on top of that, he'd be the Sultan. Um, <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> anyway, gimmick infringement, pal. Yeah, yeah. Gimmick infringement, son of a bitch. That's, you're, you're messing with my money. So yeah. without further ado, let's hit this music before we get too far into the weeds. With time. down here justin um that song just reminds me so much it just like puts me back in like late 96 early 97 because you just hear you heard that song on raw all the time well and Uh, it's just and it's one of those songs that 
back in the day, you, you did you ever use LimeWire? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that was I, one of the that was one of the songs I downloaded. I think I was almost put in federal prison in two thousand. <laughs> you too, you too. <laughs> <laughs> they, they come into my college dorm room and like knock my fucking door down and say, "Hey, you're yeah, watching FBI. too much shit." You've downloaded six CDs. This you burnt six CDs this week. We have and proof, it, and it wasn't CDs. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I well. This stuff's only going to get harder as we go on, Justin, because we're coming in hot with these two themes this week, and it's really hard to really knock anybody out. But I know. It, it, I, it, I love this song, yeah. and it is it fits the character very well. I just don't know that it's a rem- really rememberable. I think that's where it loses points. Mm-hmm. Because Vader's WWE run was not all that memorable. Well, right, and you um, got to take that into account because he didn't use this in WCW where he was really yeah. known. Mm-hmm. Um, I would... I'd probably put it down there underneath Owen, probably at 21. Wow, you're going to go that far down? I think so. Just because I like the music. Like I said, there's nothing particularly wrong with it other than it just wasn't all that memorable. Like when I think about Rick Ruder, the British Bulldog, or even HBK, I can immediately know those songs. Whereas with Vader, I would have had to think, you know what, what was Vader's theme music? But, but and if you, you played it for me, I would have known it. But can you do that with Owen, though? And and, and it's nothing against well, that. I can, but well, I don't know I, I, But I know you can. can, but I just mean in general. I think that's fair, though. I really think that's a good spot for me at 22. I, yeah. I, 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 it, 21. Bit... 21. Oh, above? In, fr- in front of Hoover, too. Yeah. Yeah, that would be 22. Because we have 22 more. Oh, that's right. We forgot. Yeah, we got the other one in there already. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm not looking at your updated list. <laughs> well, I, I, I haven't updated it up there yet. But. And I, I and I did for, for everybody that is listening right now, I actually put the wrestling with music in the show notes. So Justin knew yes. what was going on because each and every week I forget. And I always leave it in there and I copy and paste it from my phone to there. So um so, like I said, the new additions are as uh, as follows. We had, like you said, we had Vader there at 22, and then we had uh, LOD at 10. Um, and we've had a lot of people, Eddie Eddie Prather being one. We've had Coach. We've ha- <laughs> had uh, Amy. We've had... Um, a lot of dissenters with the list. Yeah, not a lot of people like our listen but you know why because it's not their list it's our exactly it's our list that's why it's on (laughs) our show um but no we appreciate you guys and we were always like we said we're we're really doing this for this interaction between all of you guys because everybody has their own opinions on it um because not everybody likes you know dusty not everybody likes rick flair or lod or whatever um each week when we when you know we're going to do a show, like, for instance, we did Survivor Series 97 today. Mm-hmm. If you know we're going to do that and you have a song from a wrestler on that show that is, you know, it's your favorite song and you feel strongly about it, DM us and yeah. we'll we'll play it. Oh, and we'll sure, tell yeah. tell the story of why so-and-so person really liked this song and then we'll we'll throw it in the rankings. So, yeah, just interact with us. If you want to hear a song, we will play it for mm-hmm. sure. Um, there's so many great wrestling theme songs to uh, to talk about. That's it's and this segment is just meant to be a fun little thing. 
it's not as serious. I mean, maybe at the end we can rejumble these and re-rank all at once yeah. and see how close it is. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a fun thing to do. Go back and listen to these songs and uh, and talk about them. So what are we doing next week, RJ? So before we get to that, I want to introduce, we're bringing back a new segment oh, this yeah. week is uh, our ranter of the week. And uh, for at this time, I, w- I want to officially announce if at any time, uh, I'll put out a tweet every week when we know, when we put out what uh, we're going to be doing for next week. Um, basically, whoever gets, it's first come first serve, pretty much. If you get us t- to me or Justin first and we want to be ranter of the week for that specific week, let us know. All we're looking for is a audio file sent to uh, to my email um and then i can edit it right in about uh i'd say between what just like a minute and a half two minutes yeah not nothing too nothing too strenuous i'm um, just basically go off be the ranter of the week ran about this pay-per-view ran about something specific on this pay-per-view um oh and god I, and we're gonna and, have to hear denovius ran about and, how and, this and, is a work and, and I and I specifically <laughs> did it for this week for Denovius because I knew we were doing oh, it this pay per view. Oh, two and two together. Yeah, and I didn't. T- and everybody, I did not tell Justin that Denovius. Well, did I? I don't think I did. Did I? Uh, yeah, I knew Denovius was ranting, but I did. I didn't put the pieces together until oh, just okay. now. Okay, but uh, but so let's send it up to Denovius right now. We'll be right back uh, to tell you what's going on next week. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Denovius from the Denovius in the Morning Show. And I am this week's rancher. We're going to call this segment the Rancher of the Week. Now, our topic we're going to be talking about is the virus is 1997. Now, for me personally, till this day and probably to my grave, I will always believe that the Montreal Screwjob was at work. I mean, it is what it is. Now, how many tag teams did it take before the WWF realized that Bradshaw was a solo star? Now, we're also looking at being PC these days, politically correct. There is no way that Henry Godwin should have got away with wearing a Confederate flag t-shirt while in Canada. I mean, we remove everything else off the WWE Network. What about this? I mean, Bruce, who booked this shit, really? We also saw the formation of the New Age Outlaw with Billy Gunn and Road Dog. Now, JR, I do not give you enough credit, sir, but this line that you said about Henry Godwin being in the third grade for three years was classic. Because I give my boy John a hard time about being on JV wrestling for five years. I mean, it's funny. Now, two referee concepts for the Survivor match definitely needs to go over these days. We can even have Pondwater Dave and Dave Silver come in here. I mean, I would love that. Team USA, how you guys gonna swagger Jack Kurt Angle's current theme song? Not cool, player. Now, uh, Owen Hart, that Owen 316 shirt? I have one of those. Who else does? RIP to Canada's greatest professionally wrestling star ever. Yes, I said ever. Now, there is a huge difference between Bret Hart and Owen Hart. The difference is Owen will do business for anyone. Because it's what's best for business. This is Genovius, and I'm out. Follow me on Twitter at Kenobi Mac. That's K-A-N-O-V-I-M-A-C-K. All right. Well, thanks for that, Denovius. Um, So, 
next week, Justin, we are going to be welcoming a um, good friend of both of ours. Uh, Pondwater Dave is coming hey. to the show. We're going to sit down. We're, we're going to chat with him for a little bit. The first um, time we've talked to him since we rescued him from his drunken stupor at Top Guy Weekend. You have no idea how much we're going to be talking about that, too. <laughs> and uh, we're going to welcome him. And, you know, he's a great guy to just, as you said that, he's one of those guys where you're, you know, when, when I was drinking anyways, that you want to go up to the bar and say, hey, so let's, what, what, where were you when Carrie Von Eric fought Ric Flair? Or where were you when Von Eric fought this guy or that guy? And just have him go. Because he can go. He can talk. And he is um, a Hall of Famer, too. The little to enforcer himself. Little, our little enforcer is coming to the show. Um, so if uh, you have any questions for the little enforcer himself, you can DM us. Uh, we're also going to be watching that aforementioned Ric Flair versus Kerry Von Erich uh, from 1984 uh, from Texas Stadium for the for the NWA Heavyweight Title. Uh, this paper, this match happened right after the passing of of, of Kerry's brother. I think it was David, right? Yes. And um, it was very. Uh, and uh, David Mann actually- was referee. Yep, and Little Enforcer actually has he was there the the yellow tights that David Von Erich yep. wore back in the day. Yep, so, um, which is really cool. Yeah, so we have a lot to lot to lot to talk about, and uh, and I'm sure we won't be strapped for <laughs> strapped for topics or strapped for questions because you know it'll just be the three of us talking shit and talking shop and um, definitely be a good time. So. Uh, like I said, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, I am at underscore ringside rant. JD is at JD 2040. Let us know what you have as far as questions for, uh, for uh, Pondwater Dave. I almost called him something else. Um, and, or if you even have a question about the, the match that you want our opinions about, you can let us know as that as well. Um, and, uh, hey, we'll, and we'll go from there, guys. We really appreciate each and every one of you um, tuning in we've really hit strides um with this show justin you know we've you talked it? about it are we in stride right now or are we out of stride I, we are in stride in the country of sweden so that's all that matters i, well, I, I i'm actually going to go up there as a uh, little uh swedish uh restaurant down the street for me that makes the most delicious delicious there we go uh swedish meatballs that reminds me the don't from... <laughs> no Talking about in stride, out stride, that quote from Roseanne when um, they said, uh, I don't know if this is from Roseanne, it's from some show, but you know, there's underwhelmed and there's overwhelmed, but what the fuck is whelmed? Oh, How that's are you Seinfeld. under it? That's oh, Seinfeld. yeah, that's Seinfeld. How are you under it or over it when we don't even know what whelmed means? Why can't you just be whelmed? Why, why do you have to be overwhelmed or underwhelmed? <laughs> why can't you just know. be whelmed? Well, um, I think we're underwhelming right now. <laughs> Well, it's at the end of the show. We're both tired and well, we just don't, we just don't want to stop talking. Apparently. I just, I just feel whelmed. <laughs> well, just the fact you're feeling anything is a good thing, yeah. but, uh, but no, seriously guys, appreciate you tuning in this week. Uh, we'll get, uh, I'll get a DM out uh, as we're recording. We're recording on Wednesday night. So I'll get a DM out um, probably right now. Cause it's still fairly early um, because we're going to be recording with uh, pond water in a couple of days. Um, so I want to get as many questions as possible. So, um, but anyways, with that being said, Justin, uh, you got anything close shot for the night? 
Um, no, other than that, my Cincinnati Bearcats have been robbed yeah. by the yeah. college football playoff committee. Such they can all go suck it, the pricks. That's all I got to fucking say. Go Cats! All these Watch all these teams keep losing. We'll crawl back in there. It'll be fine. And as always, mount up Bills Mafia.